Welcome to the Three Priests Walk in a Bar podcast. this later i'll send it to you okay well uh for uh take two this is our intro welcome back um i'm going to intersplice that uh that first bit into the audio recording because i thought we did a pretty good job but we're big we're bad we're back like warren hewitt like hewitt likes to say none of you guys know who he is um but it's good to see everyone to recap it's good to see everyone in person uh we'll have a live event here sooner rather than later we're just not sure lots of personal things going on and uh, if this is the only video that goes up, uh, my segues have no longer been ruined, so that's great. So we're going to start uh, by saying we're, you know, it's, we scheduled this time, so it feels like we're not like rushing to get this done, so we can ease into things. Uh, I'm starting to sound like a late night radio DJ. Um, but let's, let's go around. Let's, uh, this is three priests walking a bar. What have, what have we taken from the bar today? Uh, who's got, who's got what now? Well, I've got sweet baby Nick's favorite. It's a devil's backbone eight point IPA that's disappearing uh, into the camera. Uh, <laughs> but to, to make things a little smoother, I also have a, uh, bold rock, uh, hard cider. That's better. <laughs> Yeah, there's a the running gag among us that I'm like the only one here that just does not like IPAs. I can't I can't get behind them. They they taste so bad. <laughs> and if that's their charm, why are you doing this to yourselves? I've heard people describe them either as as citrusy delicious or a can of cat piss. It's like citrusy cat piss. <laughs> no, it's citrusy delicious. <laughs> Lou, do you have an IPA with you today? No, I do not. I, I brought a different beer. Let's see if we can. So hold it in front of yourself and we'll see it. Yeah, well, it's, it's I want to try to get the label is all. Can you see that at all? Non-alcoholic. Yes. Amber. It, it's, it's, a, it's a fake beer for a fake topic. Um, ah. <laughs> <laughs> which we, we'll, I'm not going to steal your segue there, uh, sweet baby Nick. Mm -hmm. But it's called Hellraiser Dark Amber. And it is, uh, it's a relatively decent beer. That's not really beer. <laughs> and and uh, anyway, it's uh, non-alcoholic and that's a good thing because I have another meeting after we're done here. All right, all right, we'll let it pass. Father Nick, what's the, what's the, is that a stout, a porter, dark ale, what you got? Yeah, this was um, uh, anniversary gift from my wife. Uh, and it's a, um, our, our anniversary was May 27th. And so uh, I've, I've been saving one of these uh, until now uh, so I could have it on this show. But um, it's uh, Brothers Craft Brewing Company's Daylight Cravings, a maple bacon breakfast stout. Mm. Maple Yummy. bacon. Oh, yeah. Maple. Sounds and, good. Uh, it's a, I think he's asking, I think he said, can you taste the, the maple and bacon? 
you yeah, I mean you 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 get a little bit of that flavor in there. It's, Is it it's like powering? Like salty there. from the bacon in there? Yeah, there's kind of a sweet salty together. Interesting. Uh, I'm gonna have to yeah. try that. Where's that from? Uh, Brothers Craft Brewing Company, and um, and I think she picked it up at uh, the Caboose in Ashland. Oh, okay. uh, so Brothers Craft Brewing is located in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I'll have to I'll have to and, check that out. And it's uh, 10.5%. Oof. Nice. I, I do not have another meeting after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to... Um immediately leave from from this and drive to the west end of richmond so i'm not drinking beer i'm drinking richmond's finest uh dr pepper ripoff uh it's just a dr k can <laughs> i needed something I needed a caffeine jolt oh. um that's so but i will have i will have something in in our honor here here soon i actually um let's see well i had something this past weekend um it was like a a cinnamon style milk stout i can't remember what it was called but uh it was from a brewery in uh in the virginia center commons glen allen area of of richmond cannot remember what it was called i'll 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 look it up when one of when one of y'all is talking and and then <laughs> i won't be listening i'll just look up the beer name and, and get back to you with that really really good and then another one called the uh it's like a a, a melon goso it's called a melon dramatic that was fun had a nice uh I had that. Yeah, had a nice watermelon uh flavor to it. Okay, cool. Well, good to see we've all got a little something going on here. I want to take a page out of another podcast that I'm a big fan of. This uh a podcast called Judge John Hodgman, which is just a really fun like fake court fake court like arguments podcast. It's 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 really people bring like civil disputes among themselves like he snores too loud or something like that and then the, the judge renders an opinion uh, <laughs> but at the beginning of every episode he presents what he calls an obscure cultural reference and i think i'm okay to say that because i don't think you can copyright uh, a bit on a podcast so i would Not like yet. to present a slightly less obscure cultural reference in in relation to our topic today, which we will then segue in. Anybody who gets the reference uh, gets 10 points towards their case, um, but much like whose line is it anyway, the points don't matter. <laughs> so, and I'm gonna will change- two of you out of being disqualified for having no alcohol in your beverage? Hmm, maybe. All right, so I guess it's just between you and Nick. <laughs> so I'm changing a couple of these words to fit the topic. So if any of you can guess where this is from, there's two possible places you could say it's from. I'll take either one. All right, here we go. This is the semi-obscure cultural reference. Up the lunar mountain, down the Martian glen, we daren't go exploring for fear of little green men. There's your reference. Can anyone guess what I might be referring to? It's definitely something you all would have encountered. Not ringing a bell. Not ringing a bell? Nope. No? No one? So, Father Nick, no guesses? He's sorry. I'm, I'm still got the bad, I, I've still got the bad internet connection, so you're, you're kind of uh, coming in and out for me. So, uh, 
I, I think I think I'm disqualified by from the game just by uh, all right. Well, by virtue of being the only qualifying contendant, Father Adam wins. No, yeah, so this is I am victorious. This is uh, I reworked an uh, I reworked uh, the uh, poem called "The Fairies." It uh. normally goes up the airy mountain, down the rushing glen. We daren't go a hunting for fear of little men. That is from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. When Charlie's looking at the uh, at the factory, that dude kind of creeps up behind him and says this. But I changed it to Little Green Men because that's a great segue today. Uh, other than like my throw out my back stretch from last time, we are talking about what's on everyone's mind, aliens and UFOs. This has got to be the most out there topic that we have had since we started this podcast, literally out there, way out there that we've had since we started this podcast so much so that it's inspired three of us to change our backgrounds. Um, <laughs> Father Nick hasn't changed his because his head's constantly in the clouds. <laughs> um, me, I've got a black hole. Um, and you get to guess what, uh, um, pastor Lou and father Adam's backgrounds are, uh, are referencing if you're well i guess if you're listening to this podcast it really doesn't if you're just listening you won't be able to tell i'm i'm looking at us on video but uh tell tell them what you've got behind you well some some people might be confused by the two apes behind me that we're at a live event <laughs> the three of us together <laughs> but it's it's a it's 2001 a space odyssey it's the the start of the movie with that monolith that they have mm. so that's my choice for the day my background is the emblem of the Klingon, the Klingon Empire, Kaplach. Because he spreads chaos wherever he goes. <laughs> so I am really interested to see like where this is going. I, I'm, I wonder if this is going to be a lot more conversational and less uh, didactical, to use a, a Father Nick word. Than, uh, than some of our previous podcasts, because usually we just kind of go around and like each person kind of gives their take on a certain topic. But this one's like, I don't know what different churches, did churches even have a position on this? Um, are we going sweet baby Nick? It's going where no man has gone before. Oh boy. Boldly. <laughs> Boldly where no man has gone before. But what's interesting is what, what kind of brings this topic up. I mean, uh, if you've been watching the news recently, the, the the Pentagon keeps releasing and confirming these videos of UFOs, um, which it's 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 still leaps and bounds to get from UFO to aliens, but it's getting everybody talking about it. And in in relation to that, I saw a meme come across my my feed of someone of people saying like. Haha, aliens exist. What does that do for your faith? And like some Christians freaking out and saying, like, I don't know what to do. But then there's like the Orthodox stand up and go, it's always been the teaching that these are demons. Grab your ropes and your pitchforks and we're gonna take them out. Um, so of I don't they're know. wrong. They're wrong, so I don't know if that's the official position of the Orthodox Church towards aliens, whether you would you would grab your your plasma cannons and shoot them out of the sky just on sight. Um, uh, Father Adam, didn't you said that's basically more your tradition would say it's mostly more of a distraction, right? Right. Orthodoxy would respond with the whole, uh, you know, alien abduction thing or just alien species in general, like for extraterrestrial, you know, outside of Earth um, as being uh, 
basically demonic, if nothing else, distracting, and all distraction is is demonic, but uh, more nefarious than that. I mean, these are, would be considered actively demonic. Um, although the subject has always interested me as a curiosity on a personal level. Um, I mean, I love sci-fi. I'm a Star Trek nerd par excellence, um, and it's it's a and all kinds of genres like that in popular culture. Um, especially in the last, you know, century and current century, whatever. But um, it's great. You can go anywhere with a story. You can go anywhere with a, an idea, literary or, or cinematographically or uh, what have you. Um, and, and, and that's the, you know, stuff that of, of the grinding of the gears of many men's heads. And it's very entertaining. I quite like it. Um, but when it gets down to brass tacks, what the church has taught, if it has, if it has bothered to weigh in at all, which in some cases... Uh, it hasn't, uh, but that by and large, this uh, increasing phenomena of people experiencing or claiming to have experienced uh, alien abductions and interactions with with aliens and the the, the um, consistency with which they report uh, the physical features of of some of these encounters of of these quote unquote beings, um, the consistency. It, there's something to be said about it that they, there is something unifying about a lot of these reports um, of, of abductions and things that go on during these abductions. But we can go a little bit more into that uh, as we progress. I don't want to make I don't want to make a, 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 a firm and fine grandstand at, at right out of the gate. But yes, the short answer, if I've ever given one, which we all know I have not, um, and and to be fair, neither has Father Nick. Um, <laughs> um, by and large, the church would consider this to be the stuff of of of, of Satan, the stuff of of, of demons. Interesting. Because so, I'm not. It's it's just interesting to hear any sort of an official opinion from the church weighing weighing in on this. Well, I mean, I I, I, can, I, I, I can tell you, if there were aliens and they decided to pay us a visit, the Orthodox would be the first to baptize them. That actually uh, sounds very similar to something that I heard uh, of all people, Billy Graham talking about. I think Billy Graham conceded the possibility of like aliens and aliens existing. And his response to that was like, all right, I guess we got to give them the gospel. I'm like, that's a very, it's very interesting. Right. Uh, He's 100% right. Like, all right, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, well, how do I even transition to the different traditions? There's nothing really I can pick on with you guys for this. I I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, who wants to pick it up? Does anyone have any strong opinions? I'm just shocked that Father Nick isn't really diving in because he's the one that thought of this. But uh, but you know, hey, I'm I'm all in favor of this topic if it makes uh, Father Nick be quiet for a minute and listen. <laughs> Um, you know, I, just with Father Adam's response, and and apparently based on the meme that was found, that you know, there's others that feel that it's the that it would have to be evil. Um, I'm not I'm not sure. I suppose if it distracts us from God, then then yes, there's a there's a risk to it having you know sin attached to it. But the idea, the concept that science that that there could be other life, intelligent or not, it doesn't really necessarily uh and further has to be um it has to be evil although you know someone like um stephen hawking suggested that if 
if there is intelligent life out there and they were to discover us and they were advanced before us, we shouldn't assume they're friendly. <laughs> that he, he argued that, you know, there'd be a good chance that, that we could end up being in big trouble. So in that sense, maybe they would be uh, demonic as far as we're concerned. But, you know, nothing says with all these sightings that, that it actually is aliens among us or things like that, that the, um, the, the most recent article I read in preparation for today that was just on CNN or something like that was just, you know, that NASA and other organizations are trying to, because these things come up so often with, you know, the, particularly with the military, which would be considered a more, maybe a more, um, a better witness to such events uh, that was trustworthy at some level that they um, want to investigate it further. They think that based on some of the things that are encountered that it's not necessarily just uh, illusions, visual issues, um, that based on some of the data and other things collected at the time, that it's it's maybe something else, uh, whether it's a natural phenomenon or maybe a man-made phenomenon that we're not aware of. And that might surprise some folks, but it doesn't really, for me, even though I was in very, very, very low level um, intelligence in the army, the and, and there's a whole bunch of jokes that can come out of that. I just I was about to say, don't agree with yourself intelligent, so much. <laughs> right? in, 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 intelligent, in the intelligence branches, you know, the, the thing you learn very quickly is that a lot of things that are public fact and truth aren't necessarily the, the fullness of truth, nor even correct. You see that again and again. And with one person I know who worked among some things as an engineer, he said, you know, there's things that that would really shock you that's available, that's out there that they're working on. And to be honest, he said, you, you probably don't wanna know because it, it's, you know, we're dealing with nations and powers that are contemplating you know, next level of warfare, really, that's driving a lot of our technology in the world. And so um, I think there is a possibility that some of these sightings, not all of them, could be people testing equipment, you know, that we don't know of. And that, you know, China's really ramping up their Navy and other things. Um, there's drones. There was a drone that, um, that, uh, with AI ended up attacking something on its own. You may have heard the UN reported that recently. Um, I saw you, something about that, yeah. Yeah, you have in um, in Southwest United States, the Border Patrol helicopter was trying to track down a drone and, and it, was, uh, it was more advanced than any they've run into at this time period. And whether it's a foreign nation or a cartel that financed that drone, there, there's a lot of people developing technology that we don't necessarily know about. And so, so I, I'm not worried about it. I'm not losing sleep over it, but the, I think it's, it's reasonable that the government's trying to investigate further and, and figure some things out at the same time. And I won't monopolize things right now. We'll let see if father Nick has anything to say. There is theology um, discussing this. It's, it's called exotheology. And, uh, and there's some, not an official stance of the Lutheran church, but there are some statements that reflect, you know, how we would conceive of and deal with such um, beings if we were to encounter them. It is interesting. Um, there's a, a, 
Father Nick and I have have briefly exchanged about this in the past. Um, there's a great podcast out there called Lore um, that a guy named Aaron Mankey puts out, and he um, one of the things you find uh, in through looking at folklore in different countries is that where there is a lack of information, people will tend to fill in information with you know whatever whatever they have. Right. And so when it comes to things like this, uh, I mean, people's first inclination is is to go aliens because we there is such a there's a lot of secrecy around like, you know, if it's military development, if it's government operations for good reason, you know, those kinds of things require a certain amount of secrecy. But it's just and it, it tends to be human nature at that point, just to say, we you know, we have a category in our culture to account for this, and it's called aliens. Um, and just one of those things to be aware of i think i mean that and that goes um that that can go to so many different parts of life you know as involves like uh, conspiracy theories um aliens government all, all those kind of things like just be wary of filling in the gaps with information that you're not like sure about that like where did you get that information or like where, where to fill it in like is that really where the information leads or are you kind of reading in between the lines um yeah, that's that's a whole interesting discussion. Highly recommend that podcast. It's really good. Well, Father there's, Nick, there's, oh. there's also the the people that I'm sure some of y'all have run into as in pastoring. Um, I've ran into him as a pastor, also as a police officer. You know, people that are are not the healthiest mentally or otherwise that believe they've encountered something too. So um, you can't. It's not always reasonable people that are suggesting they see things. There are a few instances, though. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, that's why I was trying to limit it. I'm just saying there's some folks that I know they had some mental illness issues, and part of what they exhibited, what they presented, was uh, interactions with alien beings. Well, you do typically find them in fairly fairly isolated instances. Like, like even the, the more legitimate ones, you find them, like, very isolated. And even some of the ones, some of the more popular ones ended up being recanted towards you know after a few decades um so it's interesting you know how it all kind of ties in together um i do I, i've been thinking up a, a, a follow-up question to kind of go around because this we're getting onto the third person and we haven't even been going for like a half hour so we've got we got more time to kill um father nick what's um <laughs> don't say that before you go to nick come on <laughs> never mind keep it we, we got another Sorry, round to go <laughs> We're about to enter yeah, the black hole there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's uh, interesting that you mentioned lore because Aaron Mankey, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of lore, and Aaron Mankey has um, expanded uh, to produce or help produce uh, several other podcasts that he's not directly involved in the creation of the content or the delivery. And, mm. uh, you know, he's got this whole company now, Grim and Mild. And, uh, you know, some of those are hit and miss, those other podcasts. But the one that I've really enjoyed that has come out of that is uh, another podcast called Strange Arrivals. And it's in its second season now. And the first season, in, in, in each season, um, and I forget the podcaster's name, but the podcaster looks into uh, a particular alien encounter abduction kind of scenario uh one of you know particularly looking at the most kind of persistent and popular ones the ones that are kind of lifted up as the 
the most realistic and hardest to explain. And um, so the first season, he goes through the experience of Betty and, and Barney Hill uh, in the 60s, which really kind of set the tone for a lot of the other uh, alien encounter, alien abduction stories that would come after it. Uh, and uh, not to give anything away, but by the end of the first season, you really get a sense of how this was not a real encounter, of course, uh, but you get to see how the the lore or the folklore kind of builds up, how the story kind of builds into something that, that uh, even within uh, Betty and Barney Hill's lifetime and their own kind of recounting of the story, it grows and it grows and you can kind of see that, how that feeds into popular culture um, until it kind of reaches its peak in the 1990s with shows like X-Files and Dark Skies and that kind of stuff. And now seems to be reaching another peak uh, right now. I love but, those um, shows. I, I enjoy those me, shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I do too. I think they're great. Um, so, so I think, you know, I, I kind of, I'm with Pastor Lou on, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that these videos that are kind of being leaked out and that are being discussed in the media right now are, uh, you know, extraterrestrials. I, I just, uh, that seems like too, too much of a leap, uh, logically. Uh, and there's all sorts of things that don't make sense if that's the case. I mean, our, our current understanding of physics, uh, just doesn't make it possible for the kind of uh, travel it would take from one star system to another. I mean, that it's just not, not something that's, um, you know, and obviously, you know, who knows about whether or not our understanding of physics is, is, uh, is right on as we think it is. But uh, right now, at least, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Or, you know, why, why didn't, uh, if these are extraterrestrial craft, you know, we, why didn't we pick them up and, and, you know, I mean, our, surrounding earth now is, uh, you know, a litter of debris and um, satellites that we've sent up since the 1960s and, um, or I guess maybe even a little bit before. So, you know, uh, we've been watching the skies for a while now uh, and we haven't seen anything come down or come close uh, besides things like uh, meteors and that kind of thing. So. Anyway, uh, it just seems unlikely, uh, but we don't have, we being the public, don't have the data, uh, the information uh, to really, and it sounds like perhaps, perhaps uh, our government doesn't yet have the data and the information to make a good determination on what exactly are all these videos that are coming out. And, um, you know, I've seen people try and I've read articles saying it's all natural phenomena and they can easily be explained in that way. And then other articles and, and um, you know, uh, newscasts that suggest that uh, those explanations can't uh, account for what's going on. So I, I, right now, you know, who can say? But, uh, but it does raise some questions. And I, I hope y'all can still hear me because my internet's been really funky this afternoon. The aliens are trying to keep me from speaking, I think. And, uh, and I'm me. not getting any feedback, so I don't, I don't know if I've just fallen asleep or uh, they're jamming your signal. Um, 
Yeah. So I don't I don't even know what Father Adam's saying or or Nick. I can't hear y'all. I'm I'm sorry. We can I'm hear just you gonna... just fine. Great. Okay. He never I'm just gonna keep anyway. talking and Yeah, that's right. And pretend <laughs> like y'all are listening. Okay. So uh so I think it raises some interesting questions, which is why I suggested we just go ahead and talk about this right now. Uh I think it raises interesting questions, which we've already kind of touched on a little bit about, um, you know, what what is the church's response or what would the church's response be? The Episcopal Church, Anglicanism in general, tends to refuse to take stands on important issues, much less, much less uh, you know, kind of um, issues <laughs> off the cuff. Uh, you know stuff stuff that's that's out in left field like like aliens so we have no official position as far as I'm aware of but but it raises theological issues uh, you know so the question of baptism if, they, if we came in contact with alien life would would we baptize and father Adam said the Orthodox would be the first to do it um, and uh, you know but I think I think there are important questions about that uh, that we have to face uh, in terms. Of... I didn't catch Again, a word inter- of that. Yeah, my yeah, internet uh, body. So I'm sorry. I just said the Episcopal Church would be the first to ordain them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. That's funny. I'll give you that one. That one's funny. <laughs> Uh, so, I, so, so I, I guess uh, you know one of the one of the questions that comes up uh, for me from a theological perspective is um, whether or not they would have been subject to the fall, right? Because that would be that would help determine whether or not you baptize them. Uh, are are they rational creatures who have been subject to the fall? Now you know. In traditional Christian uh, accounts of the fall, we have a dual fall. We've talked about this before, a fall of the angels. Uh, These are the fallen angels uh, or or demons. And the fall of man or the fall of humanity. Uh, and, um, And these are understood in traditional Christian thought are as the two rational or intelligent, you know, uh, creatures with rational souls. I, I don't know if Father Adam's trying to say something or not. He just said, he said, uh-oh, here we go. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm feeling this is a lot, a so, lot like, so have- this is a lot like speaking over satellite. You know, do you see like, like people right. talking to people in outer space? There's a delay reaching Nick. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, folks. It's at really home. weird. I don't, know, I don't know if there's like a storm coming through or what, but my internet's just uh, not not working great. Um, anyway, so this is. I think this is a, a, an important question. Are they are they rational animals? Uh, because the only rational animals that we know of, that is, animals formed by a rational soul. Uh, uh, or an intelligent soul are um, are humans, and and that's why the fall. Uh, even though in traditional Christian theology the fall affects all creatures and the whole of creation, 
the fall affects humans and angels in a unique way. Our, our fall, the fall of humanity and the fall of angels is, uh, has you know, repercussions for the rest of creation, but affects us in a unique way so that humans need to be redeemed uh, by God becoming human. And so if you've got uh, aliens who are rational animals, uh, that changes the story some, or you know, at least it, it adds an, uh, an element that we hadn't thought about before. And now you have to answer the question, or you have to find out, are these rational animals, are these rational creatures, are they also fallen? And in the history of Christian thought, since there's been some kind of thought about aliens, um, there's been different perspectives taken on that, right? Um, and so, you know, you have someone, for example, like Karl Barth, who, uh, the theologian Karl Barth, who suggested uh, that, uh, I mean, he kind of, in some ways, uh, changes the Christian view and his perspective, the fall really is only about humanity uh, and, and maybe the angels. I've, I'm, Bart's a little, I, I've mentioned this before, it, a little unclear uh, about the angelic host. Um, but, it, you know, from his perspective, it's, it's humans who are fallen and therefore humans who need to be redeemed. And that, you know, that does not necessarily except insofar as human sin affects creation, uh, you know, by our actions, the fall itself does not reverberate throughout creation. Creation itself is not fallen. It's humanity that's fallen, and therefore fallen actions affect creation. That's a slightly different take than what you find, for example, in the church fathers and the medieval doctors, where all of creation is, in a sense, fallen. That's because he's um, wrong. <laughs> I agree. I agree more with the church fathers. I think there's plenty of scriptural attestation that that the that all creation is affected. All creation grows in the anticipation, expectation of Christ's return. There's a in, in uh, Ephesians and Colossians. There's emphasis on all things being redeemed. I, I you know can I 100% say anything about you know the final days or anything? As I've said many times, no. There's a lot of mystery. But I would lean towards more things. I mean, even Martin Luther, with his own experience with his pet, said, you know, that uh, that someday uh, you too will have a golden tail. Uh, you know, when you when uh, Christ comes back, that and and he's not alone. There's a there's a number of church leaders uh, and spiritual people that are looked viewed upon as saints throughout the history of the world of Christendom that that believe but cannot prove that God has a plan for all creatures. And, and so the, the thing is, I think would, would take uh, in the Lutheran, the Lutheran uh, thing stance, we also do not have any official, you know, policy or response or anything like that. But there are theologians and others that talk about it. There's really theologians that have talked about it um, since the Middle Ages at some level, wondering, you know, what if there were other worlds, what other people's, um, what would that mean? And even the Missouri Synod, in one of their documents, an article rather, not a document, not to make it an official statement of the church, but in a magazine article, talked about how that it, whether life exists in outer space, that in their understanding, it too would require some kind of, you know, it, it would have suffered from Adam's fall. 
And, and I think the ELCA, the theologians I've read, the very few things I've read on the subject, knowing this was coming up, because it's not, <laughs> it's not been a huge concern of mine, um, that uh, it seems like I say that most of uh, Father Nick's uh, topics. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's something that a lot of have talked about. I mean, see, I don't know if y'all have, have read it, but C.S. Lewis had a, had a, he used space in one of his series. It was a trilogy. Um, I, I want to read that. It, it's, uh, it's I, was, a, I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah, it's you can talk. I won't get into the I won't steal your thunder, but it's it's a it's it's a nice it's a nice set, gives you some things to think about. Uh it's um out of the silent planet, Paralandria or something like that, and that hideous strength. And yeah. and it's dated because of when it was written. Um, but the idea being in in there and other articles that that there's a possibility God could devise an entirely distinct plan of salvation for other communities or somehow include it within what Jesus did. Um, again, there's an openness to the mystery there. Uh, the Lutheran Alliance for Science and Technology, which I didn't even hear, I didn't even know there was such a thing until I looked some things up, but, you know, they, they also say, you know, there's a lot of uh, wiggle room because there's some that will argue with a, principle of plenitude that God would create everything, you know, everything's possible. Um, and, and God wouldn't waste, you know, all this space, you know, that's out there. God would do other things to, to create and bless uh, the universe. But, um, but th that's just all guesswork. You know, I mean, they, they don't make a stand on it. There is, there is one theologian that I knew had written on it because I was exposed to some of his systematic theology in, in school. There's a guy named Ted Peters. I don't know if you ever read anything from him, Father Nick. Did you ever hear Ted Peters? He's a Lutheran, and, and he's actually written some things on, you know, the theology related to extraterrestrials and things. And But he's, he's done a lot on creation as well, and I think that's how it extended out into that topic based upon, you know, people wondering about such things. I don't think it was because he was crazy or anything. It was just he was responding to, just as we're doing with this podcast, hey, you know, let's take it as a, a reasonable interest and, okay, what would it mean? And in general, it seems that, you know, that um, if there was to be a Lutheran stance, that it would be more like, you know, Father Adam was joking about how the Orthodox would be first to baptize them. I think there's an element of understanding, uh, including in an Ask a Scientist series from the ELCA on this topic, that the, that the church would uh, likely have a new missionary task at some level. Um, that uh, perhaps the, the fall was universal at some level. And, and so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is a theological question from our perspective, uh, that's worthy of discussing, but, you know, at this point in time, I, I don't think there's a lot to, um, argue that that necessarily exists. And that's where it can fall into be a distraction when we start to, um, make what we don't understand into gods. Did you guys ever see that movie where, where um, this family went in this bomb shelter thinking that the war was going to start and, uh, and the, um, and it ended up that it was just a, a military jet or something that crashed in their yard. And, and they waited like 30 years to come out <clears throat> and it's a comedy. I can't remember the name of it. 
and past um, or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, Brent Frazier was in it. Yeah, and and uh, when he comes out, there's a porn store that was built on top of an abandoned porn store, or something that was built on top of their home, and he crawls out, and the guy that's in there on drugs and everything kind of you know there's a little group of people there they all assume that he's some divine creature coming out from the ground you know to meet them um we have a tendency for that kind of you know mystifying making sacred things that we don't understand and and in that sense i'd agree with the orthodox it can be a distraction we have to watch out for it well it's important to 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 i guess latch on to what I had said before. Um, while, you know, there, there is, it, it seems that there's a decent consensus among many Orthodox, uh, both, you know, lay folks who have half a brain and theologians who have maybe a little bit less of a brain. Um, you, uh, there seems to be a consensus that, that you know, like I said, it's the, the stuff of, of, of demon, demonic stuff or influence or, or, or distraction, but, um, there really is no uh, stated or official uh, orthodox um, dogmatic uh, uh, weighing in on the possibility of extraterrestrial live aliens and whatnot. Um, but with the mind of the church, you can approach the subject with a and arrive at a pretty conclusive understanding of, of you know, how how the church would understand that. Um, and and the one case that that's very important i think to 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 really discuss is like with the subject matter of aliens like how that intersects and it kind of touches on what father nick said about how that intersects with in, incarnational theology um are if there was an alien species let's imagine that that suddenly we encountered uh uh if there is an alien species then uh are they made in his image and if they're not made in his image, are they saved? Because they're created in, in his image. We're created in his image and meant to acquire his likeness. Are they, in fact, also created in his image? And are they intended to acquire his likeness? Or are they simply the detritus the, the of, of, of matter and creation that that perhaps isn't saved? Is, is, is your dog going to heaven? Um, you know, the, that's not an incarnational uh aspect of god of jesus christ he didn't become a dog he became man he brought humanity uh to the right hand of god through the the the, the ascension um so if if they're not made in his image why are they made you know again this is all speculative why are they made because clearly everything is made for a purpose but if if an alien species, a figurative alien species, is not made in his image, then then it seems like there would be no purpose to their existence, um, and so that that becomes problematic. Also, one thing, just in a kind of a uh, from a scientific, and I'm, I am no scientist, but these things are always very interesting for me. From a scientific perspective, from a uh, just curiosity perspective, the possibility of life existing such as it does on earth in the I mean, down to the infinitesimal minutiae of what it would require for life to happen just exactly where the earth is located the distance from the sun the conditions that that sustain life 
um, in the cosmos that are created, obviously, by God. Like, all the, the infinitesimal, like, details that, that just, that it is so unlikely for life to exist, even here. The fact that it exists in abundance, notwithstanding, and what we know about the cosmos and what we know about, uh, you know, if, if we were to live on Mars, obviously we couldn't live there now. Um, if we were to live uh, farther away from Earth, it would be too cold. Um, all, every geothermic uh, spatial whatever that's happening to sustain life and to, for life to exist, um, even the phases of the moon, we interact with that as, as uh, beings who live on the Earth. I mean, the moon affects you know, everybody's uh, uh, existence, not just the tides, but also even humans physiological existence some some of that has interaction with with lunar cycles um not getting all new age or all that nonsense but um uh there there is something to be said about like the very perfect storm so to speak for life to exist such as it does so could god have done it somewhere else absolutely there's no question there, there that's clear uh he is omnipotent he can do anything he wants but did he According to our understanding of scripture and his revelation to mankind, I would say my conclusion would be, and that would be the same conclusion of many others uh, in the Orthodox Church, that no, he did not. I am relatively confident in saying there is not intelligence, intelligent life such as we know it outside of, of Earth. Or, or on this podcast. <laughs> or on this podcast. But script would attest to that and to the fact that there's no intelligence on this podcast. <laughs> Well, I want to I want to interject here uh, real quick with with something that kind of kind of comes to mind um, more on a practical level, because I should if it's not obvious, we are we are off the edge of the map in speculation when it comes to when it comes to aliens. Right. Um, It's there is very, very little consensus and very little information to go on to form a, a theological opinion. However, um, something that came up earlier that I think could be just, you know, it, as we're, you know, getting on the, on the back, back into the podcast, um, the, as I, as I was thinking about like the reports, I guess, of like interactions, abductions, things like that, the different testimonials you get, it, it strikes me how well, uh, you can, you can contrast, not, not compare, but contrast those with something like the, the, the testimonials of the apostles um or you know the the first witnesses to the empty tomb and the risen christ how those witnesses and testimonies differentiate from uh witnesses to to aliens because it's it's very easy i think for someone who isn't familiar with the literature to say like oh why, why do you believe one eyewitness testimony as opposed to another um so it's that is a very interesting area of of reading and, and and research. I don't know if if you might want to anyone might want to speak to that. I saw Father Nixon looked like he perked up when I when I mentioned that. Well, I, so uh, let me let me just say that um, that that's opening a big uh, can of epistemological worms. <laughs> and I, I'm Those not my sure favorite kind of worms. Right, I'm not sure that 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 we're. Uh, ready to tackle something like that because not all of us are drinking. So, um, I, I, but I, I would like, to, I'd like to pull us back for a second because uh, I was only about halfway through my oh, uh, no. 
Well, that's exactly so, why I interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just cut that middle bit out then. If that's too big a can of worms, I'll just cut that middle bit out. No, 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 no. I think it's nice to raise it. Maybe we can come back to some of those questions. Questions of how do we know the resurrection happened? Uh, the, the yeah, that is a bit of a different. That is a not whole today. Other, other thing. Not today. Yeah. I, I have another I, meeting. I, Thank you. Keep that in I'm mind, Nick, as you continue. Right. I, I would if people would quit interrupting me. Anyway, so oh, he's getting testy. He's getting testy. <laughs> Look, hey, Nick, I'm not touching. I'm not touching. <laughs> I'm not interrupting. I'm not Jeez. interrupting. <laughs> On another podcast, at another time, we can address those questions. Anyway, getting back. So interestingly enough, Pastor Lou had, had mentioned C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy, which if you've never read it, it's uh, it's worth a read. They're, they're just fun to read, if nothing else. But I think there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff that he's doing underneath them. Uh, but Lewis almost seems to take a position not the same as Karl Barth. And, and I should say, I agree with Pastor Lou. I, th I think the fall is a fall of all creation. I, I, and, and, and that is why, for example, as Lou pointed out, uh, the, the um, reconciliation and restoration of creation, the new creation, uh, might well include your pet dog, even though your pet dog is not a rational soul, doesn't, isn't formed by a rational soul in the way that human beings are, uh, because it's a restoration of all creation. But Lewis takes a position that's all in, in those books, which are, which are fiction, but he's trying to, you know, kind of explore certain themes here in those books. And they were written before his Narnia books and, um, you know, before his popularity really exploded. And, uh, in those books, the first one's called Out of the Silent Planet, precisely because uh, he suggests that it's Earth, and only Earth, that is fallen, uh, and therefore under the uh, dominion of, uh, you know, he doesn't say Satan, but Satan, right? Uh, and therefore, the other angels... Each, each planet is assigned an angel. Uh, the other angels of the other planets have all quarantined Earth so that uh, none of the creatures from their planets come to Earth, and Earth is not allowed to uh, reach out to those other planets. Uh, it, Earth is quarantined. It is the silent planet. So whereas there's angelic communication between the other planets, Earth remains silent because it's under the dominion of Satan, of the fallen angel. And nevertheless, through human ingenuity, some folks are able to get off that planet in the first uh, book and make it to Mars. And what's interesting in, is in the first book, uh, the, the creatures of Mars are rational creatures but they look nothing like humans. They don't have uh, any, any kind of recognizably human characteristics uh, on, on Mars, or as it's called in that book, Malachandra. Uh, and that civilization is coming to an end. And those species are uh, in that book, and they know it, and they're preparing for it because they're not fallen. They're not worried about it. Uh, their civilizations, their, uh, you know, 
um, their time in the universe is coming to an end and they're preparing for that. In the second book, Paralandra, which takes place on Venus, uh, that civilization, the creatures there have just been brought into existence uh, relatively recently. They've just come into existence. And the, there's a, the rational creatures on Paralandra or on Venus resemble human beings. And the reason why they resemble human beings, it's, you're told in that book, uh, is because, or, or the main character, Dr. Ransom is told in that book, because uh, after the incarnation, after Christ, all intelligent life in the universe will reflect the image and likeness of the incarnate God. In other words, we'll, we'll, we'll have a human appearance, a human-like appearance from there on. Now, I, I think all of this is supremely interesting and, and, and a, a wonderful way of kind of exploring some of these both theological themes and, and then also putting them in interaction with um, science fiction and speculation. Uh, I, you know, obviously his picture there, which is fictional, is not the case, right? I mean, we've, we've been to these, uh, we, you know, we've got, um, you know, robots, we've got drones all, you know, on Mars right now. And, and, uh, and we've taken, uh, photographs of Venus and that kind of thing. But, but I think there is this question of, uh, that, that, remains what if there are aliens and i don't think there necessarily need to be as uh as father adam was pointing out um you know a, a lot of discussion of the fine tuning as it's called the fine tuning of the universe suggests that the universe has to be the way it is just just for life on earth to have emerged uh and particularly intelligent life to have emerged now i I know the scientific objections to some of that also, and, and I'm, I'm not interested in getting into that, but I think that at least suggests that it's a possibility that you have this, as, as the prayer book says in one of its prayers that we've talked about before, the vast expanse of interstellar space might just be what's needed to sustain, uh, you know, rational life on earth. Um, so there doesn't need to be, uh, but I won't say that there isn't, uh, and there could well be rational or intelligent creatures in the universe that we may never have any interaction with. I mean, there's a great comic strip from um, Bill Watterson, you know, the Calvin and Hobbes uh, comic strip, where Calvin says to Hobbes, um, you know, the surest sign of intelligent life in the universe is that they've never visited us here. Uh, and so I think, you know, that may well be uh, the case. There may, there may be intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Uh, and there may even be, in some sense, some way of, of, you know, interacting with it, at least in terms of, you know, the SETI program, the search for extraterrestrial life. Um, that, that this, uh, this program has sent out, uh, you know, uh, radio broadcasts into into space uh, to tr you know with the express purpose of of kind of announcing our existence and there may well be other civilizations if they're out there who've done the same and so maybe we won't actually interact with them but we'll find evidence in that way at some point in time but 
all of these theological questions will then need to be addressed. The questions of, of you know, what does uh, rational or intelligent creatures other than human beings look like? Uh, what is the image and likeness of God and the image in which uh, humans are made? Is that just a reference to our rationality, the fact that we alone are, are these rational creatures? In which case, it doesn't matter what uh, aliens look like. Uh, they could be made in the image of God just by virtue of, of being rational creatures, uh, intelligent creatures. I, all of these are questions that we just can't answer right now, but I think it is worthwhile to speculate some, uh, you know, because it helps us better think about what is, what is human nature and what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? And, uh, and what does it mean for Christ? Christ's death, life, death, and resurrection to be saving, not just for humanity, redemptive, not just for humanity, but uh, for the salvation, the redemption of all of creation. Uh, all of these, I think, are worthwhile questions. One way we can begin to think about them is by thinking about what if there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, or what would happen if some of the more intelligent creatures on this earth who are not yet rational in the sense we are, that is linguistically rational. Uh, what, if, what if at some point in, you know, who knows the future, uh, they evolved to be so? Uh, and then there would be, an, again, we would have this question of uh, their relationship to the image of God and to the incarnation and, and the questions of salvation that go along with it. I don't have the answers. I'm, I just think it's important to raise the questions. Well, as uh, there's a great quote I'm reminded of that uh, there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to splice that so your laugh comes in a little bit sooner. So I don't have that awkward <laughs> silence in between. This this podcast this this podcast has given me a new favorite quote though. It, it's I don't have the answer, <laughs> Father Nick. Forty ounce forty. Forty, forty ounce forty. <laughs> I love it. But the the fact that he doesn't have the answer that's that's a good one. I, I, we all know that, Father Nick. <laughs> Thanks for confessing. <laughs> With regard, well, though, to the abduction thing that we mentioned, this is only very brief. Um, there is a quote I from... I believe him. Yeah. <laughs> from none other than, than Seraphim Rose, Father Seraphim Rose uh, of blessed memory, who is a contentious uh, figure in American Orthodoxy. And many people consider him a saint, and uh, he's not obviously a canonized, but uh, at the very least, you could say he might be problematic in some of his... Um, observations but he had a lot of good apologetical work uh in a kind of modern day context uh he was a monastic um and uh he has a it's not fair to use the word but for for lack of a better word a uh, cult following um but yet not culty but sort of um and increasingly uh, among young men these days he has a, a great following and uh, a lot of times when you have a proselyte who comes to you interested in orthodoxy, I've been reading Sarah from Rose, and my response to that is, stop it. 
uh, and go read the lives of the saints. But anyway, he has a lot of good information, uh, especially his defense of Genesis and stuff. And, and, and it, that's subject for other, other time. But uh, with regard to like the, the uh, alien abductions and, and other such, uh, well, what I would call nonsense. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to find where, where it starts. Uh, it says he also observes that the aliens in contemporary abduction reports are similar in appearance to the demons, which for centuries have been described in Orthodox literature. In fact, he recounts two cases of demonic kidnappings in 15th and 19th century Russia that in his conclusion, that in, in farther seraphim words are quite close to UFO abductions. Um, it's his conclusion that classical demonic possession known to the Orthodox Church for centuries accounts for the alien abductions that we see in modern times and that modern men this is the important part. Modern men, for all their proud enlightenment and wisdom, are becoming once more aware of such experiences, but no longer have the Christian framework with which to explain them. That, that I think, is a very important uh, observation when it comes to folks who have said, I've been abducted by aliens. Well, really have. Or do you lack the context? Well, I, I would just say that just because something looks demonic from our understanding of it doesn't mean it is demonic. So I, I don't know about basically, uh, you know, making a judgment based on something's appearance is the best argument for whether aliens would be demonic or not. It's it, it's certainly an interesting thought. Um, not one that I'll I'll completely throw away, but maybe one that I'll tuck away in a tuck away in the back corner of my pantry and then and then forget about until it's time to donate to the food pantry or something like that i don't know i just i just figure if 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 there is aliens out there that god's it's part of god's plan and nothing really changes it just will expand my understanding of god as love and not not threaten my under you know my my salvation or anything like that and and so it's not a as some people worry about that, oh no, Christians are gonna, they can't, it doesn't fit in to the Christian theology. I think if nothing else through this conversation, people will see that 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 it could fit in. It may not fit in, but it could fit in. Well, all things are possible with God. If Is it yeah. likely, uh, in my opinion, no, it is not likely to tell your life, but if, if God did it here, he could do it anywhere. Hey, I have I have hard time finding intelligent life around Virginia. So, as I said, there there's seems some, to be no some, sign of intelligent life anywhere. There's some wacky people around us here. Well, we're among them. So, uh, all right. Well, let's take that and kind of draw it to a close. This was definitely far more interactive than than some of our past. Uh, some of our past episodes. I like that we got to go bouncing back and forth. With Praise the Lord. Praise short the snippets. Lord. Um, I do want to wrap this up so we don't go too long. So uh, the internet was spotty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did. His internet's not the only one. It's spotty, Father Adam. I only caught half of what you said. <laughs> to to echo the phrase for my my beer today, you know, it was like we're we're raising hell responsibly. <laughs> It was it was very chaotic for us. That's for sure. Uh, well, this has been good. Um, does anyone have a? Does anyone is? Are there any alien related blessings out like for us and for all the creatures? Oh, look, he's digging for a book. 
May the force be with you. May uh, the force be with you. I, yeah. Live long and prosper. Now, I, I, I figure uh, I could I could do a collect for the mission of the church, right? Uh, that, that might, might work. Uh, so the Lord be with you. And also, and also with you. Let us pray. Ever-living God, whose will it is that all should come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ, inspire our witness to him that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.